Welcome to Radio Rehab. I'm your host, Dana. This is episode three in a three-part series I did with my friend John from The Many Meltdowns. We recorded via Skype from Nashville. So if you would like to hear the first of the three episodes, go back to. What can I tell you? If you want to email us, it's Radio Rehab at GoToProductions.com. G-O-T-O Productions.com. You can call or text 415-496-9511, even when we're not in studio, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. It's at Radio Rehab Dana. Today's episode, John and I discuss what it's like to be sober in the music business. Let's join the conversation. Welcome to Radio Rehab. Here's your host, Dana Keys. Let's talk about uh, recovery in being a musician and in recovery at the same time. And in Nashville. What's that like? Um, to be honest... I have not tapped into as many resources in the sober community that I've wanted to here, but I've made really good friends and that I've been to some meetings with. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't want to use any names in particular because, you know, it's pretty an anonymous program. Right. But there are the AA program down here is amazing. Being a musician, I have met other sober musicians here that are incredible. Um, there's a guy that's openly in the program, so I'll mention him. But uh, it's it's this guy Brad Rice, who he used to play in Whiskey Town, and he played with Ryan Adams, mm-hmm. and he's gone on to play with with multiple musicians. But when I first came to town, I met him, and God, we we would just talk for hours, and I'm still very good, close with him, and. Just knowing that he's around at any point in time, if I were to be struggling, it's mm-hmm. just, it's a nice safety net. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, I know because my dad, my dad was in recovery and we lived in Los Angeles. I know he would go to specific musicians meetings because I always wondered like, is it weird, you know, because there'd be times he'd go to a uh, you know, I I even see this happen when they moved up to Sonoma. He'd go to a meeting and somebody would hand him a demo. And I was like, oh, really? You know, it's funny how that's, people that's think that musicians taste. can. I, I totally agree. I totally yeah. agree. You know, and I mean, and Robin Williams was in recovery, which is okay to say now that he passed away because everyone knows that. But I, I yeah. know that he wasn't really able to sponsor people the way he wanted to because it would be like, hey, I'm trying to get into comedy, you know, <laughs> you know, and things like that. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, I kind of like. Community. I, I like that there's communities for each people. Like I like that there's a community for actors and community for musicians and you know specific musicians meetings and stuff like that. I, does Music Cares have recovery meetings? They do. Yeah, I believe it's every Wednesday, and I just found out about it from my friend Brad Rice. So I'm mm-hmm. going to be going to them with a a, a close friend that I'm actually going to help kind of get into meetings and help with his sobriety a bit. I'm not really taking him on as a sponsee because I haven't done that yet, but mm-hmm. I'm definitely going to lead him in the right direction or at least help. And, yeah. Uh, I actually just met uh, another fellow musician, this girl, Amanda, who is also in the program. We both discovered that we were, so she's going to be a buddy and hopefully we go to shows together, you know, and just, just hang out and, and be there for each other. And she has a whole group of people that she hangs out with too and goes to meetings with so i can't wait to hopefully meet them as well and and extend my network you know build up yeah. my my forces right my, it's totally crazy when you move 
Yes, exactly. Exactly. Or or to line up your troops, as they say. Yeah, yeah. I I was really weary of moving down here, but Milwaukee has such a drinking culture. I mean, it's it's everywhere you turn. I mean, our baseball stadium is called Miller Park. Um, oh, that's right. It's called okay, beer. The, I'm thinking of Laverne and Shirley was in Milwaukee, right? Was, and they yeah. worked at the beer Shots, factory, didn't they? Shots Brewery, which is yes. a fictional fictional brewery. Right. But yeah, it's they call it Beer, beer City. Right. Because of all of the microbreweries and, and the large breweries there. But anything you go to, Miller basically owns 80% of the city, it seems. You know, with Summerfest, right. that music festival there. But... I know that I needed to at least have a change, and so this was a nice option. And people don't wake up and start drinking at 10 a.m. here like they do in Milwaukee. Like, I remember when I worked at a restaurant in Milwaukee, I would work at 7.30 in the morning, and at 9 o'clock in the morning, somebody would come in for a Bloody Mary. Mm -hmm. And I have not seen that here. Right. And it's it's very refreshing to not be in that kind of drinking culture. Right. Yeah. I didn't know. It's funny because I always think the opposite about San Francisco. San Francisco is like this shishi bougie drinking culture where it's like, you know, there aren't there aren't uh, bartenders. There's mixologists. And for any actual alcoholic, it's like twenty dollars for a drink. I could pay twenty dollars and get drunk. You know, like. Yeah. Twenty dollars is two bottles of vodka to me. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Me too. Because I was drinking some bottom shelf shit in the yeah. end of my drinking. So totally. yeah, your like, money yeah, dwindles. I would drink to go to a bar. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And they're even. Yeah, it's like I'd go to. I go. I've even been to bars like with friends, and they're like, "Oh, you don't drink? We have mocktails." And I'm like, "Yeah, the day I pay sixteen dollars for you to pour some stuff into a cup that doesn't have alcohol in it, thank you, no. <laughs> Just I, I water. agree. I agree. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I usually I usually do seltzer. Like mm-hmm. a club soda with lime. I mean, that it makes me not look odd to the people that are drinking. I don't feel out of place. It's something I started doing right when I quit drinking going out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it almost feels like you have a drink, but you don't. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I always feel like, but my big thing is I always feel like since I'm so public about everything, I always feel like somebody's going to see me with like a glass of cranberry juice and be like, I saw her. She was totally drinking a kamikaze, you know? So like, I'm always like water in a bottle, like feeling all self-conscious, like it's just water. (laughs) Yeah. You poor thing. I know. (laughs) I was so sneaky that it's like, I'm just now getting to the point where my family and other people don't smell my cup when I'm drinking something. Oh, wow. You know, or come over and look at what I'm drinking. Because I was just so sneaky about it for so well, long. that wasn't you. That was yeah. that was your addiction. Right. You know, when somebody makes bad decisions or is selfish, that's not you, Dana. That's that's your addiction, being a shitty person. Yeah. That's, that's not you. Right. Yeah, and like working through all the character defects and stuff, it's like this time I actually had a real connection to, to my fourth step and my fifth step and I just had a real like a connection with my heart you know with the people that I had hurt and the things I had done and the things I had done to myself and just the way I had lived like yeah. I just really felt it in my heart so I think that's what's different this time around making amends is very difficult oh my god the outside yeah. look, you know somebody from the outside looking in like oh god you can apologize to this person for all these things that you've done 
but I mean, calling light to it, it's just, it reopens everything, that whole mm-hmm. world of lies and selfishness and self-destruction and all the hurt that you brought upon other people too. It's, mm-hmm. it's incredibly difficult to go through. I mean, I've even texted certain people when I was making my amends and apologized and I haven't heard back from them. And, you know, I, I totally don't get in my head about it. It's just like, it was just nice to get it out there at least in some way, yeah. shape or form. Exactly. Yeah. You, it's like you did your job, you know? Yeah. And like, yeah, you did. I mean, and for all, you know, maybe some of those people are like still drinking and they're not ready and they'll come back around and they'll want to. Yeah. Cause it's funny. My husband is like, why is this person trying to contact me on Facebook? Like, he's never even on Facebook, but, like, he'll get some, like, notification that there's, like, a message from some girl he dated 13 years ago. And I'm like, I love how you're getting so paranoid about it. Because in my mind, I'm like, I bet the girl got sober and she's trying to make an amends. And I'm like, no, you should write her back because she might yeah. have something important to say to you to get off her chest. <laughs> no, that's 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 very cool of you to think that way. It's all about perspective in that situation. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And it's like, I know, like, I've had to reach out to people that I've dated and and to exes who are in other relationships now. And I, you know, like, I feel uncomfortable, like, hey, I'm not just, I'm just, I'm just coming to say I'm sorry, and then I'll leave. You know, it's it's always, it's always uncomfortable. So difficult. The thing that I struggle with lately is, you know, moving on from the making amends thing is... I still almost have a hair of behavior of when I was an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and not saying that I have this destructiveness, but I can I can get so stressed out about things and I have no idea how to control that stress or what to do to curb it because I'm so used to just drinking and then I just forget about it completely. So now I have to deal with it. And right. it just, it, it can drive you insane. Oh, yeah, the panic. No, I totally get what you're saying. I I, I had to do a bunch of work with my sponsor on that. Because, um, well, you know, because you moved. So I yeah. moved from Sonoma to San Francisco, and it was like starting over. And, you know, I didn't know what was going on in my career. And I was just going through all that kind of anxiety. And I had to get with my sponsor and literally write everything that bothered me down you know, and then what can I do wow. about it? And if there's nothing I can do about it, I just have to pray about it. And it was—it really actually helped. It was Good. like, okay, there it is. It's all on paper and that's it. You know, and it's like, so next time I'd be walking and I'd be like, <gasps> and just, you know, feel like I was having a panic attack. I would have to refer to the paper and go, okay, this is all that's wrong. Those things are manageable. Like, and, and make myself breathe through it. You're compartmentalizing those things, mm-hmm. which is really important. And I need to work on that. I mean, it's it's something I'll be working on until I die. You know, oh, yeah. it's just, and that's just life. Life can really, it can just kick the shit out of you. Sober, we are or, all works in progress. Yeah, oh yeah, and you know they say that you know the the saying one day at a time. And, you know, as cheesy as that sounds, sometimes it's so true. And I, so I have true. to work on like taking these items that stress me out or make me angry or jealous. Or, you know, there's even like a thing where something can bruise your ego. Mm-hmm. There's so many things about your inner psyche that can hurt you and and mess with 
the kind of mood or perspective that you're in. I, I just need to work on those things. And like, hey, not everything can be solved right now, but you right. can solve it a little tiny bit and then the next day work on a little bit and so on. Exactly. Like we're yeah. all works in progress. Exactly. I mean, yeah, it's like it's 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 a never it's a never ending job that we do. But it, it's great because it's like we also have a concrete program to live by. So it's like there's no exactly. guesswork, really. You know, look Is at it, look at Bill W. For some, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but look at no, Bill W. For you know, I, I did a lot of research and reading about Bill W. Who started our program? Amazing man. Right? And, did um, you read Pass It On? I did. I love that yeah. book. But Once like, you get past the childhood in in Massachusetts, where I'm like, I have no idea what he's talking about. This is so 1930s. But once I got past that, I just re- I love him. Oh yeah, yeah, he was great. And then and you look at when he was on his deathbed because he was a heavy smoker and he got sick, and his wife was taking care of him on his deathbed. And what he was calling for days before he died, he was calling for a drink. Yeah. You know, that wasn't like, in that book, was it? It wasn't. It was in a different book. Who? I want to read that book because people keep quoting that. And I'm like, where is that? And I've dug through all my literature. Do you, do you know what book that is off the top of your head? Oh, God, not off the top of my head. I'll have to text it to you. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I really want to read that. That Yeah, that is so sad. But, yeah. you know, it's like I look at my grandfather on his deathbed and he was calling for his mother and she had been dead for about 30 years. So it's kind of like he probably, who knows what that was. Maybe he, like Bill W. the man, was like so weak and dying that, you know, he, he, that it was just his disease was left and his disease maybe died in that body. It's a weird thought. I don't know. Wow. That was dark. (laughs) Wow. That was very philosophical. Yeah, I just went (laughs) sci-fi. I just went full sci-fi for a second. And that's also a very good thought on that. Mm-hmm. Wow, but I, I'm sorry to interrupt. What were you going to ask? Well, I mean, you kind of already answered it with talking about Nashville, and I know there's there's so many people in the music scene and in all scenes that are sober nowadays. That yeah. it's like, oh, is it hard to be in radio and be sober? And oh, is it hard to be be a musician and be sober? And it's like, I kind of feel like in this day and age, it'd be harder for me to be my alcoholic self. In I life. agree. I yeah. agree. Yeah. Like, that I, was I love <laughs> I love being in this community and being sober and meeting new people. And I actually love going home to visit old friends and I'm still sober and I'm like this this person that's been working on all these goals and I'm actually achieving them finally. Like I've been working on writing my own songs for 20 years. And this oh, is the wow. first time I've ever completed them. You know, I put out an EP last year, but this these four songs are all mine, all me. And I've been wanting to do this for 20 years. I finally did it. And I also graduated from college three weeks ago where I got a... Congratulations. Thank you. That's huge. I agree. I I never thought that I would go back to school. And I got a human services degree in addiction studies. That is so awesome. And that'll be how you're giving it back. Exactly. Exactly. That is so cool. That's really cool. I love that. I think that's great. I have everything in the world to thank to thank for for my sobriety. Everything. I I would never have these songs. I wouldn't be here with you right now. I wouldn't have the love of my life. I wouldn't have a college degree and and going to grad school in January. 
You're going to grad school? I am. You're going to be Dr. John. (laughs) Oh, God. I I guess there needs to be another one since. um, There's got to be a new Dr. John, and I say it should be you. Thanks. I think that's great. I love this idea. Thanks. That is so cool. Grad school. That's huge. I don't have a college degree, so. Hey, you never know. Might happen. Yeah, someday. I mean, you never know. Except I have nightmares that I have to take a math class. Like, I'll just have a random nightmare out of nowhere that I had to take a Ugh. math class or a math test. And I'm like, ah, and I wake up just sweating. Math like, is literally the worst. <laughs> I know. I know, but maybe, maybe once my brain, you know, dries out a little more and, you know, then maybe I can, and I can like retain knowledge that's mathematical and stuff like I can do that but I know like what you're saying you're right like if I'm sober I can do anything if I'm drinking I can't do anything except drink except and drink just and drink some by, more hopefully. and then do some drugs yep yeah and just scrape by exactly yeah, I'm, I'm sorry that it seems like you losing your father is a, a big was a big trigger for a lot it of the was with your usage. It really was, and I it, the pain was so, like if I was working a solid program at that time, you know, I know now that I could have dealt with it, but yeah. I wasn't, and the pain was too big, and I just I was too scared, and I just started running, and I ran right into the arms of alcohol. Huh. You know, like uh, it'll always right, take you. It'll always oh, have you. It'll always take you. Yeah, yeah, it has no taste. It does not Mm-mm. care. <laughs> Drugs and alcohol do not care. That it doesn't discriminate. So yeah, it's like I just saw other people getting relief. You know, the night that my dad died from toasting to him, and I just my my disease came right back out and said, "You can have relief." You know, gosh, and it just started right there. I'm lucky that I didn't fall off my my sobriety. With uh, my dad passing last year. I'm yeah, because it makes it so much worse. Like, I know a lot of friends who've lost their dads in sobriety. And, like, watching what I went through compared to what they went through, like, what they went through was dealable because they were grieving correctly. You know, yeah. they were going to mm-hmm. meetings. They were talking about it. And, and they were just openly grieving. I was, what I was doing was just impossible. Like, just running around the world drunk. So... Yeah, it's here's some, it, one thing. One another thing about being in recovery is like getting to watch other people lose their parents and see that it can be done. Has just been really like a just a great learning experience for me. That's cool to see that. Yeah, that's neat. Yeah, yeah, it, it can be done. I, I'm living. Proof. I, yeah. yeah, you are living proof. For sure. You and I, I have two really close girlfriends who, who also lost their father since I've known them in recovery, and I watched them go through it. And I know it can be done, and it's the better way to do it. It's the better way to do everything. It really is. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you remember everything, too, and you're present. Exactly. And it's mm-hmm. like, it's so funny because I wake up feeling good every day. Like uh, the few times that I've been sick or haven't felt good, I was like, oh, I forgot. I used to feel like this every day. Like, how did I even want to live feeling that sick every day? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yep. not, not fun at all. No, it's, it's so much better now. So we're going to close out the show with, a, uh, with an, another song of yours. I would love Which to. Which one are we doing this one? This day? Yeah. Uh, since we were on the subject just a couple minutes ago about losing our fathers... Um, I'm going to do the the first song off the EP. It's called Gonna Miss You, and it's about me losing my dad. It's about my dad. 
Perfect. And the mini meltdowns, when, do, when does it come out? It comes out on October 4th on my own Goodland Records, on vinyl, every streaming service, CD, anywhere you can find it. Goodlandrecords.com, cool. anything. Awesome. Great. Thanks for having I hope me. everybody listens to it. Me too. Thank you. Thank you, Dana. I really appreciate you having me and, and God bless you. And I hope you continue everything great that you have going on right now. Thank you so much. I hope the same for you. Thanks a lot.
thanks to Johnny for being on the show. That song was called Gonna Miss You from his new EP by the Many Meltdowns called Destined for Disaster, which comes out tomorrow. So go check it out. That's goodlandrecords.com. Thank you so much for listening. Keep coming back. We have more episodes in store for you next week, if you're lucky. 